What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Vish is off today at a work conflict. So Levin is here on a Monday. What's up, Levin? We still calling it under review, or is that Vish uh, specific? Well, we got some things to review because the results are in for the 49ers Media Madness Bracket Round 2. We're going to reveal those results. I know a lot of people have been saying we want to see the actual votes. We want to see the results. They think we're rigging this thing. We are not rigging it. So we will show the results live for everybody. And then we're going to get into a little bit of a free agency scorecard for the 49ers in the NFC as well. Have you recovered from your defeat to Michelle Majuk in round one? Yeah, it wasn't too surprising. It wasn't going to be something I won, I don't think, unless this was just like, oh, 100 people voted from our listeners and it happened to be most of the people that like me. <laughs> All right, so we'll review. I will, I will say this. If it was being rigged, I'm the one in control of this thing. That's I created true. the bracket. I would have definitely won and uh, <laughs> would have definitely beaten Rob the next round. So it is not being rigged. I'm trying to find my fancy schmancy topic bar that has suddenly disappeared. Oh, there it is. Okay. Here we go. It's the media madness results. I know we're going to show the whole thing. So we'll start at the top left of the bracket, Levin, if you could be so kind as to share your screen. And the interesting thing that I think we're seeing here is I'm surprised that the quote unquote content creators are having a way stronger showing than maybe you would have thought, even against some pretty big names in the whole traditional media space. So we'll start right off the bat. I mean, poor, poor Rohan. Matt Mayoko is just, he's a, he's a staple. Like he's, he's a one seed. One, this one is a little messed up. If you're wondering why there's three pie charts. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to put uh, where he was from. It was edited in after it started. And unbeknownst to us, that means it creates a third pie rather yeah. than just having it edited. Um, so that's why there's three there. Both of those smaller ones are Rohan. Uh, I will say the reason why I think it's skewing content creators, I think it should be noted that uh, we probably fall. Oops, we fall under that category, and thus it is coming from us and our Twitter feed. And I also think Twitter right. is predominantly the domain of content creators. Agreed. Yeah, this is where we live. And so it does, you know, and look, this is just supposed to be a fun thing. It's not supposed to embarrass anybody. Anybody going up against Matt Mayoko would have suffered the same fate. He's been covering the 49ers for basically my entire life. So, but again, the the goal of this is to get exposure for everybody. If you didn't know who some of these people are, uh, their Twitter handle was in there. Their outlet was in there. So, you know, hopefully everybody gets more exposure. Congratulations to Matt Mayoko. He moves on. Should we move on to matchup number two? Yes, this was one that I I didn't know which way it was going to go uh, when it started. Uh, you know, Matt Mayoko, pretty confident because of yep. what you just said. This one I wasn't sure. And, uh, you know, Brad Graham has been riding this rocket for the last, like, <laughs> two years. And he is very, very popular. And this proves it. Yeah, uh, Brad is... He is, like you said, a rocket. Absolutely. Shout out to Jason Aponte, by the way, who's watching right now. We'll get to your matchup, Jason, <laughs> in a little bit. Um, look, John has been doing this for a while, too. John was very helpful for me after I got laid off. He spent some time talking to me on how to kind of do your own thing independently, and I really, really appreciate that. But Brad, especially with the Ayuk stuff this year, 
I mean, he had a home run with Ayuk and his comments about the NFC Championship game. So this is no shame to John Chapman. Brad, is you're right. He's got a rocket right now, and he is like king of 49ers content creators. Yeah, and Chapman does a lot of like fan outreach, which is why I wasn't sure how this was going to go. He does, you know, his uh, pregame things where he gets a party together with everybody. And uh, he is, I think, probably as much as anybody, the one that engages with the fans. Yes. He does the the 49ers road trips during the year. Duran808 watching on YouTube says, Chapman was my guy. Hard first match. I'm not going to lie. I didn't do John or Brad any favors with this matchup. That is true. It was one of the most difficult. Yeah, I didn't have any say uh, in who faced who. And let's just say Rob decided for uh, about as controversial of matchups as you can get. <laughs> yeah, I Making really people was... face each other that are, you know, on the same team, right? For the same segments yeah. and all that. So absolute jerk job by me so <laughs> sorry that's i am a little bit of a jerk let's be honest all right uh matchup number three this one was like the matchup of the tournament grant right. versus david lombardi you could not have two more opposite coverage strategies <laughs> for the 49ers than grant on one side and david lombardi on the other it was very very close but Grant gets the win, 56.9% of the vote to 43.1 for Lombardi. Were you surprised? I wasn't because Grant is, I mean, th- this goes to show you what doing what Grant is doing does for you. Yeah. He is very engaging. He definitely, I think, changed a good bit with his new gig. And he is a lot more friendly uh, to a certain degree. Like he does, he he's helped a lot of, the content creators get oh started, goodness. brought them on. And so I think that gives him a connection to this content creator segment. And he's kind of the one that I feel like he's both. You know yes. what I mean? He's mainstream media and he's content creator. So that's why I, Grant was kind of one of, in my mind, one of the favorites to win this whole thing because he's connecting to the content creator that I, I just knew looking at it. We're considered content creating. Thus, a lot of the people that see our tweets are going to be that segment because he's connected to that and he's a known name in the mainstream media, I thought that he's one of the favorites. So this didn't really surprise me. He actually jumped out to a pretty significant lead when this first went live, like the first 500 votes or so he had 70%. And then I think as it continued to get into more and people, more and more people's feed, David kind of made a comeback and ended up getting close towards the end. And I will make a little special announcement here. Grant is going to, do a live stream with me on Wednesdays. We're going to stream it on both of our channels on YouTube and and I'm going to stream it on Twitch. Also Uh, every Wednesday grant uh, 12 noon Pacific time. He and I will do a show together. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm super grateful for him for being willing to do it. So we're going to have a Wednesday show now. So I'm really excited that the lineup is uh, taking shape. And so uh, you get more of me and more of Grant, which I know people uh, equate us together a lot, but I think they're going to be surprised. I'm going to go at Grant a little bit. Allow me to take this time to say, I am sorry, Grant, for suggesting this to Rob. You know, I have to do a show with Rob every week. I apologize sincerely. Yep. Well, hey, we're doing it now. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, But congratulations to Grant. That was a tough matchup, but he moves on. Matchup number four. This one was really interesting. Larry Kruger. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Lee Chan, Larry edges Jennifer out 54.6% to 45.4%. Here's the thing. I don't know anybody that dislikes Jennifer. 
No, I, I honestly think this one swung due to uh, engaging. Larry tweeted it out. Yep. He told his followers, you know, that he, he's excited to try to get the trophy that we're going to send to the winner. Uh, and I, I think that <laughs> that pretty much basically told his followers, hey, go vote for me. And that probably was the difference. I did see that Jennifer tweeted about it, but she kind of she didn't ask for the votes. And that matters. Like when you tell the people that follow you to vote for you, you get more votes. It's a simple concept. But uh, and look, I don't know. I don't think any of the people that cover the 49ers really care about this. I'm super competitive. So, like, I want to win every single thing ever. But if it does matter to you and you tweet it out, we've seen through Larry and through other people that we'll get to your fans will come out for you. Exactly. So matchup five, uh, you know this one quite well. Yeah, buddy. Me <laughs> and Mimosa Michelle, it was a tough matchup, but I'm happy to say, because again, I'm super competitive, I will move on in the tournament and save myself a little embarrassment. Like I can't be eliminated in my first matchup here. 66% to 34%. Uh, I have eliminated Michelle and I apologize. Oh, how about this? <laughs> We Jan need to Real- put an asterisk on your win here because you have an unfair advantage of being on three days a week. Oh, that's true. By the way, uh, just on the previous matchup, John watching on YouTube says, we pissed Larry off by having him in the play-in <laughs> round. It wasn't a play-in round. I had to make the bracket look a little funky just to get all the matchups to come out right. It wasn't really – I know it looked like a play-in round, and I apologize. That wasn't my intent. But, look, you know what? It worked because Larry got engagement, and he won. So, congratulations. I, mean, I was in him. it, so – well, that was intense. There's that. Yeah. I didn't even advance out of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and now you don't even have the like the Jim Harbaugh award of saying like, "Hey, I lost to the champion." Like Jim Harbaugh only ever lost to the Super Bowl champion in the playoffs. You don't have that because you lost to Michelle, and I defeated her yeah. in matchup five. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I call shenanigans on your making of this bracket. How dare you? All right, matchup <laughs> five goes to me. Matchup number six: Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte. The results are in. And Jason is moving on 69.8% of the vote. Nice to 30.2% for Steph. I'm not going to lie. I thought Steph would. Steph is crushing it right now on her YouTube channel, 49 Carrots. You can go there. She has interviews with a ton of draft prospects, guys the 49ers have talked to. She was obviously at the combine. So was Jason. They have been crushing it in this one. And uh, Jason moves on. That, That surprised me by how big the margin was. I, I will say, I think a year from now, this one could flip because Steph is, she's got her rocket started, right? She's got the Boza impressions, which Lynch reacted to. Yep. She had, uh, what is it, uh, Stephanie Spain on her show. I, I think she's going to have a very Stefania good Bell. Or sorry, where did I get Spain from? I don't know. Sarah Spain? Were you thinking of Sarah Spain, maybe? Uh, I, I'm mixing the two names. That's what I'm doing. There you go. I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after the show um you're right i mean steph is crushing it uh, maybe the people thought it went by height i don't know could that be it i already made that joke on twitter damn <laughs> i said it wouldn't go by height uh All steph right. said it was going seven. by hair uh i want to give a quick uh quick shout out here thank you very much for the super chat niners have the best content creators i think we do uh, this is a an interesting right. community we certainly have the most i feel like content creators uh, I, I mean, I could tell you from having a brother that's a Titans fan, uh, he he did a podcast for, I don't know, four or five years. The most popular Titans website, you know, that's not like mainstream media, 
was the podcast and they would get like 100 to 200 listens an episode and that was like the biggest podcast (laughs) that's impressive uh jj00 watching on twitch satch has done the impossible taking down mimosa michelle you have to win the whole thing now we'll get into sort of the path of the look i have looked at the results coming in beginning and you and jason are a dead heat i don't think i'm going to beat jason uh he just congratulations to jason by the way his channel just had a million views uh, we're like barely over a hundred thousand. So uh, yeah, I got a tough matchup. Uh, how about this? This may be the shock of all shocks. Vish Kumar and destroyed mm-hmm. Mike Silver, 65.4% to 34.6. And I know that, you know, Mike Silver was doing other things and, and recently came into the 49ers space more prominently, but Vish just absolutely billy clubbed him. Well, I mean, Silver flat out tweeted uh, a response saying, please make me lose in round one. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, that might have helped. Uh, but it's also, look, there's another result here uh, that I think will illustrate this point. It's one of my big takeaways from it. Uh, Mike Silver and uh, Tim, Tim Kawakami are the two that I, th- I think they're very, they don't engage with the fans until it's, well, I'm blocking you. <laughs> you know, they, and they enjoy that. Like that's when they react. They, you know, they tweet out to responses to fans. You know, that that is to call it. I guess I call it a shtick, but that is what they do. And I think that what that does is because so many are blocked. There's a lot of votes that they don't get in a thing like this. So if you're wondering, the round three matchups are Matt Mayoko against Brad Graham, which is that's going to be a battle. I'm fascinated to see how that works because you've got Mayoko, who's been doing it forever. And Brad Graham, who, like you said, is clearly just exploding right now popularity-wise. So that's going to be interesting. Then Grant against Larry Kruger. That's another interesting matchup. Me against Jason, we already talked about. And then have we got to the last uh, matchup of that bracket? It's uh, Vish and Akash, which I'm actually looking at the bracket right now, and I realized I misspelled Vish's name. So I am sorry about that. It is Visk. (laughs) Visk. Oh, all right. uh, that's actually probably an autocorrect and i think and akash it. took down eric branch is that correct in matchup eight that is correct we will we will uh go to matchup eight so you can see that this Boom. one uh yeah that's I, a beat down yeah, it, it's surprising i, I don't want to get in too much into it because that's not the point but you know i think branch has an uphill battle because of the paywall yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Uh, Akash, 73.5%. Eric Branch, 26.5%. And, you know, Akash is, has been off the scene a little bit. I know he's got a lot of work stuff going on. I know he wants to get back into it. Um, but this one was not close. So that sets up Akash and Vish in uh, round three. And no, I did not mean to put those. I did not intend for those two to end up against one another, if you're wondering. Well, but- I mean... It- if we're being honest, we did not expect Silver and Branch to lose. That's true. So, um, But shout out to those guys. So that's going to be an interesting uh, round three. All right, let's go to the other side of the bracket. And this is the one I was uh, previewing earlier. This one changed in the last hour of the bracket. Yeah, this uh, was the Jesse, closest matchup. Jesse launched to an early lead, actually a decently significant lead, which I think shows that uh, we are connected to the to the content creators yep. because the content creators tend tended to jump out to big leads, and then as 
more retweets came in and it showed up in people's for use and things like that, the mainstream people tended to start to gain. So I actually, a little peek behind the curtain, I actually made the bracket earlier than when you texted me. I looked at the results. I was like, okay, I'll make the bracket for round three. And then when you said, hey, can you send it to me so I can tweet it out? I had to flip this because I was actually, mm -hmm. Jesse was in the lead. And Tim, like you said, made the late charge and he just edged him out 51.4 to 48.6. Yeah, kinda... it was actually 10 votes separated them with two hours to go in the voting. Oh, man. So. Oh, <laughs> Jesse says, I demand a recount. Shout out <laughs> to you for watching. It was so close. I don't know what maybe Tim just like spammed the vote at the end. Um, but that's possible. A... I, it's hard to tell. I mean, it, it seemed like every time we tweet something about it, it would get a little influx of votes. Yeah. Uh, so it could have been just pushing it towards the end because I made a tweet saying less than two hours to go. I'm not sure, but this one was uh, it was never a huge gap. Like first, yes. like 10 minutes. Yes. Jesse got a lot of the votes, but uh, it, it was within like 40 or 50 votes the whole way. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't do you any favors, Jesse. Having to go up against Tim is uh, that's a tough matchup. So uh, I think if you had faced anybody else, you'd probably be moving on. But uh, you weren't. And so you're done. <laughs> matchup 10. This was another close one. Nick Wagner of ESPN against Cam Inman of the San Jose Mercury News. And congratulations, Cam. 52.8% of the vote compared to 47.2 for Nick. Nick was in the lead when I looked at the bracket earlier today also. And this one flipped at one point. Uh, I guess I didn't I didn't catch that. Uh, uh, this one, from every time I looked at it, Cam was like 52, 53%. It was another one that it was never a huge difference. It was within about 100 votes pretty much the whole way. I feel like Nick breaks a lot of 49ers stories, too. He does, but so Nick's issue is he has to cover all of the NFC West. So he doesn't get just 49er stuff. So I think that probably hurts him a little bit because he's posting about other teams and things like that in something like this. Okay. Uh, he might actually have to write something positive about the Seahawks. You know? <laughs> well, we can't have that. Uh, matchup number 11 as we continue to work our way through the bracket. And this one, this was controversial because oh, we yes. had Peacock and Crocker both from Locked On. A lot of people were upset that they were matched up this early. And they didn't go against each other. They refused. I was kind of hoping that we would get a little inter-show battle. Because, again, I wanted to mess up the chemistry of all 49 oh, shows out there and just have them, you know, go to ruin. And we would be the only ones left. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Because we are that uh, strong of a thing that I we are capable of it, doing man. that. I yes. tried. You know, look, we got to there's competition out there. Are you um, saying you purposely put Michelle and I against each other to try to? 100%. Um, but congratulations to Crocker. 78.3% of the vote to 217 for Peacock. I don't know. They, they, you know, they sort of combined into Peacock. And now, you know what? Now they can unite, though. See? So after some initial strife, Crock moves on. And now that show can unite behind him and push him further into the tournament. So I'm not hey, all about the hate. Based on these results, I would say uh, in comments, I should say as well on Twitter, uh, Crocker might be the odds on favorite at this point. He might be who I'd put my money behind. There's a reason why I put him on the thumbnail, man. He's a powerhouse in the tournament. 
for sure. Matchup number 12 was Al Sacco and Brian Rennick from the 49ers Web Zone podcast. And shout out to Al, 66.8% of the vote. He moves on compared to 33.2% for Brian. I thought that one was going to be a little closer. It, I mean, it was an interesting thing because, you know, Sacco kind of left the No Huddle podcast for a little while there. Both you and I joined it yep. in his uh, as his replacement, I guess. And then we left and he decided to come back. Uh, so I wasn't sure how that would go since he kind of had a little while that he was almost out of the, the limelight, so to speak. But, uh, man, he's still really popular. I want to just get to this super chat real quick just to acknowledge it. Corey says he thinks this is going to be Kittle's last season with the Niners. He'll be reunited with Jimmy Garoppolo in Vegas. We've talked about before. We don't necessarily think Kittle is destined to finish his contract with the Niners. He does love him some Jimmy, and there's, there's a tight end opening now in, in Vegas with uh, Darren Waller getting traded to the Giants, so that could definitely be uh, possible. What do you think? I think it's definitely possible. I I don't know that that uh, Kyle would be willing to do that, but yeah. it does kind of make me laugh because uh, of the quarterbacks that Kittle has played with, Jimmy might pass to him the least. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's go to the Niners Nation matchup and matchup number 13 Kyle Posey against Jordan Elliott this one was another close one Jordan just edged out KP 52.2 to 47.8 um I'm a little surprised at that because Kyle does an awesome job for Niners Nation but uh Jordan gets the win over the boss man yeah this one uh got closer and closer as it went uh Jordan was at one point in the 60s and it was like every time I loaded to check and see how it's going you know, Kyle had closed the gap by a percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's one that I'm curious if it had kept going, whether or not it would have eventually flipped. But Jordan moves on, and we're going to see how he does in, in the next round. Yeah, because uh, he's got a matchup. Let's just call it like it is. Uh, all right, let's get to matchup number 14. 95-7 the game. We put the morning roast against each other. <laughs> And it did not go uh, well for Chasky Joe got roasted. Yeah. Uh, 64.6% to 35.4%. Uh, that was, this was the only kind of show where we had a little bit of conflict there, which yeah. you, again, you know, I enjoy, but uh, it, in the end, it didn't end up being much of a content. I just hope that the morning roast can survive this. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully uh, Joe throws his support behind uh, Bonta here in the future because he's going up against Jordan. That is going to be a fascinating matchup. I feel like you got to leverage your radio show, right? I mean, you can't, you could talk about it all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. You could totally like bring one of us on too, to talk about it. Yeah. We're available. <laughs> uh, sign me to nine watching on my Twitch page at stats on fire. That sounds good. KP is the goat. KP is the goat. Uh, so congratulations there. Uh, let's get to our final two matchups on that side of the bracket. Matt Barrows against Marco Martinez. And this one was not much of a contest either. Matt Barrows, almost 76% of the vote, uh, easily moving on. I put them against each other because of the whole Trey Lance test results thing. You know, they were kind of linked because they both interviewed uh, Brandon Alley from the, the, I don't even remember, the S2 cognitive test, whatever the hell the name of that test was. Uh, but Barrows, you know, he's a powerhouse. So that was kind of unfair to Marco, I'm not going to lie. But uh, Matt Barrows moves on. Simple enough. And then matchup 16, 
Maybe the most interesting to me. Got a little controversy here. This was the KMBR matchup, John Lund and Brian Murphy. And if you have been paying close attention, you can see the responses there, over 3,400 responses, by far the biggest in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And you're calling shenanigans, Levin. Somebody's doing shenanigans. I, I don't know <laughs> if it's Lund himself or just a, a super fan of his, but uh, you can cast multiple votes mm-hmm. because the only way to limit it is to require that we collect your email. And I did not want to do that because I thought that would severely limit the number of yeah. votes we got. Uh, so uh, if you've been paying attention, this matchup got 1,100 more votes than the next closest matchup which means there were about 1,100 ballots cast where this was the only one that got a vote in it because you didn't have to vote in all 16 matchups. Uh, and and that trend is continuing in round three. Interesting. So you can go vote now. There's a link to vote in the description of this show. You click right on that link. It'll take you right there to round three, and you can get all your votes in. And like Levin said, you can vote as many times as you want. So that side of the bracket, let's just look at it real quick. Tim Kawakami and Cam Inman are in round three. That's going to be, you know, a battle of traditional 49ers beat writers. Thank you very much. Uh, then you got Croc going up against Al Sacco. And I, I think that's going to go poorly for Al. No, no slight to him. Just Croc is a stud. Mm-hmm. If I had to make a prediction and then you've got Jordan Elliott against Bonta Hill and Matt Barrows against John Lund. If Lund takes down Barrows, then we might have, there's some, I agree on the shenanigans. Because Barrows is a nothing against John, but Barrows is a Niner staple. He's been covering the team for 24 years. Yeah, I, I do find this kind of part interesting. Out of the 16 remaining, we actually have a very good mixture between traditional kind of print media, yeah. radio media, podcasters like ourselves, and then you still have some of the, like the content creators in there that that's what they do is kind of the writing but not in the traditional newspapers or the athletic so i I think we have a very good mixture in there i like that and we should again the whole point of this was just to make people aware of how much coverage of the 49ers is out there and no matter what kind of coverage you like if you like very positive coverage if you're not looking for people to dive into conspiracy theories or anything like that there's people there for you if you like people who are hypercritical there's people there if you like you know, just kind of funny, lighthearted coverage where people don't take it too seriously. Like there's something for everything. It's a, it's a 49ers buffet. That's kind of the whole point of this is we have a very diverse media group with the 49ers and you had the idea to make a bracket and have some fun to see during this whole March madness going on of who ends up being the fan favorite. Uh, I'm seeing a comment here saying the form is closed. Did you link the correct form? You might have linked round two, not round three. Oh, I thought it was just one link for no. everything. Nope. You got a new link. Okay. So then I screwed that up and I apologize. Where's the description? I can grab the thing and put it in there. Or are you not able to edit it now? Uh, Here's a look behind the scenes. I don't live. think I can edit it now, but I will okay. fix it. I apologize. That's my bad. Sorry. Uh, We will fix it. We'll address it so you can vote for two days. Every round is two days. So I promise we'll fix it and I'll get the, the vote change in the description and uh, please go and vote. And again, this is just a fun thing. And I wanted to mention, as Ricky points out on YouTube, Ryan Hensley is the OG of content creators. I did a bad job. There's people I left off. I thought of this too late. And so then I was kind of like scrambling 
to get it in there. And I left off people that deserve to be in it. And it's no, I didn't mean to slight anybody. I've, I've tried to reach out to everybody and apologize. Next year, we're going to do this again. It will be bigger. I promise you, we'll have more people in the tournament. I'll do a better job of getting a full picture of everybody that's involved. I just want to point that out. Uh, I've, I went on with Ryan last night. I know you're going to go on with Ryan. So there's no ill will there whatsoever. Uh, and that's good. Cause that's not what I was trying to do with this thing. And uh, full disclosure, while I am totally happy to let you take full blame, I did see the bracket before it went live and had the chance <laughs> to bring up people. Uh, and I also did not dive deep enough into it to make sure that we did not miss anybody important. I looked it over, thought, yeah, I think everybody's there. And turned out we were wrong. Speed. The speed got me. I was trying to get it out, and I, I didn't take care to, to get everybody there. But again, next year, I uh, will do a better job. Let's switch gears here a little bit because we do want to talk about 49ers football and things going on with the 49ers right now. We've reached, we've reached kind of an interesting point where free agency has slowed a little bit. We can sort of step back and, and take a snapshot of these teams and see where things stand. And for the 49ers, I've talked about it. I think they did a great job in free agency. Let's throw up the scorecard here for you. Um, and this isn't every single person, but, our, you know, this is like a bigger picture look at it. Right. I'm happy with what was done. How do you feel? I mean, the simple facts are the Niners are returning 19 of 22 starters. Uh, so you, you can't be too upset. I, I think the 49ers are well positioned. Obviously, most things uh, revolve around the quarterback and whether or not anybody emerges there that's good enough to truly put them over the top. But uh, depth will probably be an issue. I think if the Niners have an injury year like they've had in recent years, they could feel it a lot more than they have in recent seasons you know they might not be able to push through and still make the playoffs if they have some big injuries but as long as they're average health this is a team nobody wants to play in that defense with hargrave and boza next to each other like the fans are going to be happy but i think nobody will be more happy than eric armstead because <laughs> he's going to be like that third guy that kind of gets to pick on a lesser offensive lineman probably because all of the focus is going to be going to Hargrave and Boza. And, you know, you said something there that I feel like a lot of 49er fans are going to latch onto. It jumped out to me immediately. And that is, well, if the 49ers just have an average year injury, what, when yeah. has that ever happened? Yeah. Uh, Greg T is, I believe that's the comment he was going for. Like we haven't had a common or an average injury year since Kyle Shanahan took over, the lowest the 49ers have ever been in injuries is 10th. They've, they've been worse than that in every other year. So I keep saying that they're due for an average injury year, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, we should start to really question that. I wish we could uh, really see a breakdown of how practices work because one thing was said by a former player last offseason that to me raised my eyebrows and that was to tart talking about how yep. less physical the Eagles practices were than the 49ers practices. And we do know that if you have very physical practices, you do tend to have more injuries because the body needs time to recover from the games. And if you have physical practices, they're not getting that recovery time. So I do wonder if uh, some of this is due to the way the practices are run. The one thing I'll say, just looking at this list, right, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that was always hurt. Jimmy Ward, a guy that had a long injury history. Mike McGlinchey started to get banged up a lot, especially towards the end of his tenure with the 49ers. Obviously, we know Emmanuel Mosley got hurt. Some of the guys that have been on the injury list frequently for the 49ers over the years are gone now. So maybe that does start to flip a little bit. One can only hope. It'd be nice. (laughs) So that's where things stand with the 49ers. Just taking a look at the bigger picture in the NFC, if we could. And we'll start with the Eagles, since they're the ones that ended the 49ers season. They've added Rashad Penny, Greedy Williams, and Marcus Mariota. They've kept James Bradbury, Fletcher Cox, Boston Scott. Jason Kelsey is obviously a great ad for that, or a great signing, re-signing, I should say. Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, who said he wanted out at one point, is now officially back. So they've done a good job of keeping people, but look at those departures, Levin. That those are some big names on that list. Yeah, I, I think the Eagles are pretty much banking on having a true difference maker MVP quarterback. You know, this is kind of like the uh, Chiefs last year. They let some big players go because they're banking on Mahomes being able to pick up the slack, and it wouldn't matter. And they ended up winning it all. So it's not necessarily a bad strategy. It's not like the Eagles could have done a whole lot to change this strategy. They had a lot of very good players reach free agency, and that's kind of the problem. But we'll see what they are. I I don't think they're on paper as good, but obviously if they have an MVP-level quarterback, it it won't matter. uh, Javon Hargrave, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Gardner Minshew, Miles Sanders, Marcus Epps, and T.J. Edwards all gone off the Eagles, but I totally agree with you. That's what happens when you have a quarterback. They they know they're going to have to re-sign him to a big deal. Um, but the additions, like the Penny addition with that offensive line could be massive for them. He had a resurgence uh, with the Seahawks. And if he can stay healthy, which has been his problem, he's going to run for a hell of a lot of yards in Philadelphia. That's always been his issue, though. He is as injury-prone of a player in the league. So banking on that health is very, very risky. Uh, It's one of those big reward, big, big risks, you know. Uh, In terms of per rate or per rush uh, ability, Rashad Penny actually leads the league in the last few years. It's just he has not been able to play a lot because he's constantly getting hurt. Um, But obviously, if he has a healthy year, they are going to be an offense that is a massive problem for teams, and you might see it flip where this past year, the defense was kind of – they were both really good, but the defense is what kind of carried them. That defensive line was ridiculous. You could see it flip this year to the offense if they have the run game just destroying people. <laughs> I try to be as objective as possible with these things. Just looking at it right now, where things stand, do you think the Eagles are better or worse than last season? Worse. And that you didn't even hesitate at all there. No. No, you – you lost multiple Pro Bowl caliber players on defense. You lost Miles Sanders, who had a really good year, and you're bringing in a guy, like I just said. Uh, you don't know if he's going to be healthy. I think that they are considerably worse. Their secondary got worse. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a really good player. Their defensive line got much worse with Hargrave gone. Like They kind of – every single part of their team, I feel like, lost somebody. And while they got a lot of big-name re-signings, they weren't able to bring in any true big names that you can count on to replace them. I think that's fair, honestly. And and I think 
Philadelphia may have a tougher time in the division this year, even though it was a good division last year also. But the Giants, I think, are much better than they were last year with some of the moves they've made. And I think it's fair to say the Dallas Cowboys, as we look at it here, are probably better than they were last year. They've been making some moves here. Um, They've added Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year. They just traded for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks gets traded every year. I think eventually he's going to play for every team. Uh, but he's a solid player. Puts You know he's going to put up 1,000 yards because he does it every year. Obviously, playing across from CeeDee Lamb is going to help him as well. Tony Pollard's going to be coming off an injury, but he's still a very good player. Terrence Steele they kept. They kept Leighton Vander Esch. Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback. And they, they've lost some players, but like in the case, like Zeke Elliott is on that list. I think they're better without Zeke Elliott at this point. So that doesn't even necessarily hurt him. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is they have not signed a single player that was not on the team last year. They made right. two trades, but they have not <laughs> signed anybody in free agency, which means in terms of uh, compensatory picks, they will likely get some compensatory picks. And it certainly seems like they are playing that game where they want to get some draft picks out of this year. So they didn't go after any of the big name free agents. And they're kind of waiting it out and they'll sign some on like cheaper deals so that they're more likely to get the comp picks. Uh, like you said, if Pollard is able to come back and be fully healthy, they are better off him being the lone back than having split with Zeke. Zeke was worse than Tony. So every single time Zeke got the ball last year, it was making a better player go off the field. Oh, yeah. I was happy in that game every time. Like, great. Give it to Zeke. And then, of course, when Pollard went down, you felt a lot better about the Niners chances of winning. Not happy that he got hurt. Just you felt better that Pollard, you know, that the Niners would win with Pollard not on the field. Uh, they can draft somebody that'll put up exactly what Ezekiel Elliott did last year, and they can draft him for a hell of a lot cheaper. Um, but right now, I would say the Cowboys are better than they were last year. I think that's fair. It's absolutely fair. Uh, I, I do think Gilmore has more in the tank than most realize. He was kind of anonymously put up a decent season this past year because he wasn't on any great team. It was getting a lot of, you know, limelight. But I think they're better. I think I think the Brandon Cooks trade uh, is a good move. Yes, he speaks out. Yes, maybe he's not uh, great in the locker room from what we read. We can only kind of assume that based on how many times he's been traded at this point. Um, but the results speak for themselves for him. He's consistently a really good wide receiver. So he makes them better as long as it doesn't you know, cause friction. It, it really comes down to is Dak going to be the league leader in interceptions or is Dak going to be what people thought he was coming into this past season? It's going to be a big question mark for sure. I should point out, by the way, when we're talking about the Eagles, they also have multiple first round picks. They have the 10th pick which they got from New Orleans, and they also have the 30th pick. So they're going to add to their team that way. Um, so shout out to them, and, and Holly Roseman's making moves there. So that's significant for Philly. Um, putting this comment up just because it made me laugh. <laughs> they weren't happy with Zeke's performance at center. You know, it's crazy. Bay Marin, thank you very much for the comment. That's his last play as a Dallas yeah. Cowboy, is that wonky, stupid play where Aziz Alshire immediately blows him up because mm -hmm. Zeke was the center. That's his final play as a Dallas Cowboy. Had a great Cowboys career, and that is how he goes out. Just fine by me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> great. They should never have run that play. 
Now let's get to one more team in the NFC that's been getting a lot of love, Levin. A lot of love from everybody on Twitter. And that is the Detroit Lions. Because people think the Lions are going to be an absolute powerhouse this year. We know they added Emmanuel Mosley. They signed David Montgomery from the Bears. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a solid player like we talked about. Cameron Sutton they added. And they didn't really lose that much. Michael Brockers, eh. Okay. Jamal Williams is a, is a good player, had a lot of touchdowns last year, but he's a running back and David Montgomery can certainly be just as good. The Lions are getting a lot of love. People really like what they're building in Detroit. And of course, when it comes to draft picks, they've got a ton of draft picks and they've got good draft picks. They have six and they have 18 in the first round. They've got 48, they've got 55. So they're going to load up. We'll see, you know, it's the Lions and the quarterback is golf. So mm-hmm. uh, this is one that, yes, on paper, they look great. But so did the dream team of the Eagles, you know, a decade ago. And that blew up in their faces and did not work out. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I am definitely not going to crown the Lions until I see it. Me too. Because they are the Lions. <laughs> and, I, you know, they won nine games last year. They were nine and eight, you know. And, and if you go look at their schedule – they lost to just about every good team that they played. Right. So I know that their DBOA numbers were good and all that stuff. But when I look at what took place actually on the field, if you want to say that they're going to make the playoffs and you think they're going to be better than last year, I'm down. But if you're telling me I should be scared of the Lions, I'm not there yet. Yeah, not there yet. We'll we'll see. The, their offense was, I believe, like number one offense in the league until like right at the end of the year. I think they got overtaken. Um do I trust Goff to put up the best numbers in the league? No. <laughs> uh, Goff had a great year, but you you have to question whether or not he can repeat that. You know, I, I just I can't count on that. The crazy thing is, like, he's like the fourth or fifth best best quarterback in the NFC right now. <laughs> I mean, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got Dak, Stafford, Cousins, Goff. He's right in that. You know, three three, four, five range in the entire conference. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It is weird how stacked it is in the AFC and how it's not in the NFC. Uh, it's definitely something that we're already seeing the effects of. The a- AFC is dominating the NFC, and it's because they have all the quarterbacks. You know, the, the I don't know who I would say it is, but the eighth best quarterback in the AFC probably has an argument to be the second or third best one in the NFC. Now you might see some things change. If some of these quarterbacks are able to hit free agency where they do look at that and go, I'm going to jump over here and have an easier path to get to the Super Bowl. And Rogers is going to be leaving the NFC and going to the AFC. We mm-hmm. assume um, I did see one of the comments. There it is. JJ zero zero on Twitch. The jets still haven't traded for Rogers. He's an insufferable jerk. But would the Niners win the Super Bowl with him this year? Maybe. Um, probably. And I know I, that we, I think it's a probably. Can't guarantee anything, but probably. So on Friday, Michelle and I talked with Kay Adams uh, from Up and Adams. And that was her thing was like, the Jets still haven't done this deal. Why don't the Niners see if they can finagle Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers? And then, you know, you get a really good quarterback and it solves this whole, you know, quarterback mystery thing. Uh, I don't think it's financially possible, but I get what she was thinking. Like, Hey, if, if they can't get this straightened out, is it worth doing like a Rams kind of style swoop in 
and and see if you can make a big swing. If it's possible, but it's only possible if Rodgers is willing to come on a much more team-friendly deal, and I don't see it. He does yeah, not seem to be either. interested. You know, the, in the darkness, he did not see red and gold <laughs> when he was hallucinating. <laughs> He's 90% retired, according to him, before he went into the darkness. By uh, the way, if, if you want to see, see every quarterback that starts to get old is 90% retired at that point. You know, you're, you're a month away from when the season ended. You know, Tom Brady every year was leaning towards retirement and then came back. Yeah. Brett Favre the same way, because when you get to the offseason, your body is basically a bruised pile of you know mess and mesh and you need time to heal and once you're healed you're like hold on here i don't feel like i'm 40 year old broken down man anymore yeah i want to play uh okay so let me ask you this question where if you had to power rank the niners in the nfc where are you putting them right now and again this is before the draft and preseason injuries and all that stuff just you know it's march 20th where are the niners at the top uh, ahead of you, Philly. You can say Philly. Like there's there's a, two logical arguments here. You can say Philly because they still have most of the key pieces, the truly important pieces they still have, and they just want it. But you also have a very good argument for the Niners because one, they have a longer track record. Two, they got better this offseason, not worse. And they got better by stealing one of the better players from the Eagles. Yeah. And then you also can throw in the argument that, hey, are you sure the 49ers were worse this past season or was it because they had no quarterback? So, yeah, I think the 49ers should be at the top. If somebody else had the Eagles, it's kind of one of those things like, okay, I disagree, but I'm not going to sit here and argue about it because it's just a a matter of preference. Slick68 says number one in the NFC. JJ00 on Twitch says Niners one, Eagles two, three. Who cares? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, the Seahawks, I hate to say it, have had a good offseason. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not scared of Geno, but they did make the playoffs and they seem to be better than they were. And they had a lot of young players. So it seems like you would be able to kind of project them at being an even better team. And they've got draft capital, too, from the Russell Wilson trade. So if, if they hit on those picks, they're going to be able to build something similar to what they had, which is a roster full of really talented guys on rookie contracts. Seattle's at five. They're at 20 in the first round. They have 37 in round two, 52 in round two also, 83, 123. They've got a ton of picks which they can you know, use to, to fill out their roster. They can trade up to get a guy. Who knows whatever they're going to do. I didn't make a graphic for them, but they're definitely in the conversation. Not for the best team, but they're definitely going to be a playoff team, I would say, next year. And They'll, then the they'll other... be a factor. The Rams will not be a factor. <laughs> uh, agreed. The I, other I don't team... think any teams had worse offseason than the Rams. Ooh. Off the top of my head? Yeah, I mean, they, they're clearly... They lost their entire defense other than Donald. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're definitely rebuilding. Stafford, I still don't know. Like, what is he going to be 100% healthy? I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I still, you know, Sean McVay is saying, oh, I'm going to coach for many years. Uh, maybe. We'll see. He's going to have an offer, a massive offer from TV whenever he wants it, and that is absolutely a factor. Uh, and if he gets in there this year and they stink again, like, he takes those losses hard. If they win five games – this year, like, is he going to really want to stick around when he knows he's got, you know, 20 million a year, whatever it is from, 
Amazon or whoever to co-announce games? I wouldn't, but I would have already left to begin with. You won your Super Bowl. Yeah. Now go make almost as well, actually more. Probably more. These contracts are crazy. It used to be almost as much. Now it's a lot more <laughs> than what you make as a coach to not have any of that strife and dealing with players' egos or any of that stuff. Any of it. You're always relevant. Every yeah, time you don't have you... to worry about Donald taking a helmet to another person in practice. <laughs> mm. None of that stuff. Not getting suspended for it. That, that yeah. was not sketchy at all. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people are saying, you know, do the Niners have a quarterback? The Eagles clearly have their quarterback. So I think I would go Philly one just because even though they've had some losses on that defensive line, like Hertz can make up for that. And A.J. Brown's going to be there for another year. Now he knows the system. Devontae Smith is obviously really good. Dallas Goddard's really good. Jason Kelsey is back, which I think helps them a lot. So I think I would go Philly one, San Francisco two, and number three is mm, probably Dallas if I had to pick it. I don't give Minnesota. Minnesota was the fluke of all flukes last year. Detroit will be better. I don't know if I want to put them at three, though, so I think I'll go Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. All I heard is you didn't pick the Niners, so you're just a hater. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, how about this from Waveware? On paper, sure, we are by far the best coached team. That's interesting. Um, I d- Sirianni was aggressive, 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 and then he got in the Super Bowl, and he was aggressive in the Super Bowl until he wasn't, and that's, to me, part of the reason they lost. And so I ding him for that a little bit, although Kyle is super, super conservative. There's Can definitely I say argument. something about Sirianni? Yeah. I, I think the comparison for him is Harbaugh. He's a very big character, very outspoken, very aggressive. I think he's going to burn very bright, but he's also going to have a very limited shelf life. I don't see him as being somebody that can keep the same locker room for 10 straight years because of all of that intensity. That's going to be interesting to see. He's definitely like, I love that uh, when he's mic'd up and he, the official is like telling him to move back. And he's like, I can be standing here. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's good. I like that, man. That's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting. Like he, he doesn't have the catchphrases. And we heard from Joe Staley that those catchphrases got old. So maybe he'll last a little bit longer. From Harbaugh. Yeah. The, the Harbaugh. Yeah. Well, cause he never changed him and he still uses them at Michigan. Apparently he does all the same stuff. Um, Dan Campbell, I, I'm sorry. Like maybe, um, it's my bias, but I don't think Dan Campbell's out coaching Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's out coaching anybody, to be honest with you. He he's, uh, he's in the perfect situation. He, he, he's somebody that I think is very good at instilling confidence in players. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to be a good enough tactician to be the difference maker. Once you're dealing with playoffs and championships and trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's more of a motivational coach than an X's and O's coach, I think, which is right. fine. Like, there's all different kinds. Um, but he's I was almost put- like a new and improved Mike Singletary. Great at the motivation. Remains to be seen if he can do the X's and O's part of it. I think Sirianni is a good X's and O's coach. I think Sirianni, for the most part, is a good game management coach. Kyle has a lot of work to do in that area. Mike McCarthy's a potato, as I've said many times. Pete Carroll's a, a motivational coach, but Pete's not a good situational coach either. Pete's not a good situational coach, but I would say Pete Carroll might be the best teacher 
in the whole game because the way he is able to get young defensive backs and they're <laughs> good right away. Like he's very good at teaching whatever he does. Yeah, that's fair. Um, McVeigh is a good coach. I mean, McVeigh's had one bad year. Let's he may have more, but to this point, Sean McVeigh has had one bad year. He's won instantly since he's gotten there. And he took over that friggin' Jeff Fisher mess, and he had a quarterback in golf that looked hideously bad that nobody wanted, and he won right away. And I and I think he deserves credit for that as much as you know I've dinged him for other things. When you have one bad season in like five, six years, yeah, you deserve praise. Yeah, and we don't get to talk about Kingsbury anymore. <laughs> Damn. I'll miss you, Cliff. I was sad to see that happen. But then they hired Jonathan Gannon, so I was like, mm, okay, maybe things will continue to be a struggle. It's interesting in to see what he is because he's, you know, he's somewhat known, but I don't think he's he's not mainstream. You know, he's not like, say, Kyle Shanahan where, right. you know, people really knew what he was before he got the head coaching gig. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do. So that's where things stand. Again, as of March 20th, 2023, uh, we'll see what happens in the draft and all of that. But the Niners are up there. I know some people were frustrated with free agency, but I keep telling you, a lot of the guys that signed are not better than the people on the 49ers roster right now. So don't get discouraged. Plus, the Javon Hargrave move was a freaking home run. Thank you again to everybody that voted in the tournament. It is still open. I promise I'll fix that link. I apologize. Uh, so you'll be able to vote in round three. You can vote as many times as you want. Uh, and thanks to everybody that has reached out that was in the tournament. Nobody has gotten bent out of shape about it, which, again, I really appreciate because we're not trying to that make we anybody. Well, that's true. <laughs> I guess in theory, people could still be mad at me. Um, but again, go and vote. We'll keep that going. And obviously, we'll update the results. Also, Levin and I are kicking around at a an idea of live streaming a Madden franchise on the YouTube channel and the Twitch channel. So if you think that's a good idea, let us know, hit us up. Levin's on Twitter at takes by 11. I am at stats on fire, like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. And thank you very much, Levin. I appreciate you filling in for Vish. Yeah. Uh, whatever gets me away from having to deal with a two-year-old. <laughs> God, I've been there. My daughter just turned three. I was like, all right. The terrible twos are over. And somebody texted me and was like, yeah, but now she's a three-nager. Yeah, like, she, Wait, is she that turns thing? three soon. And luckily, the in-laws are in town right now. But I don't know if it came through at all. But this entire show, I have been hearing her downstairs stomping around playing. Uh, and I am tired. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, I'll let you go recover. Thanks, everybody, again. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.